0: Difficult difficult
1: difficult difficult, difficult 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 women Hey Hey girl Hi kaha Welcome to 2020 Oh
2: my god everything's different cars are flying around and <laughs> people are on <laughs> air, air boards I just had sex with a robot Oh good I love I love it It's so great it's the, the future new year. is amazing I I know Aren't we past Blade Runner days? Isn't twenty nineteen that's Blade Runner? Creepy Man, We are in the future. Yeah. That's crazy.
1: Well, welcome y'all. I'm Marie. I'm Katie. (laughs) This is difficult women podcast.
2: That's right. And we're in a band called Reformed Hordes. It's a really good band. It's it's pretty good. I hope one of your resolutions after you listen to the resolution episode was to start listening to our band more. Watch, Watch our videos Yeah Oh yeah, my like god Please let that be Somebody's it's New exactly Year's resolution Exactly what should be Someone's New Year's resolution <laughs> I don't know I
1: don't know Yeah have you been I've missed you We haven't seen each other For, for oh, weeks Oh my gosh
2: It's been crazy Those I forgot were, what you look like I, no, I don't know <laughs> I um No it's been good I I needed the break So that's been nice Yes it's always nice To get the fuck Out of New York
1: City Oh yeah But it's We're back baby We're back We're back And here for you all Our horios. Yeah. And what better way to give it to them properly other than to share with them a promo code okay. from our favorite website? Let's just jump
2: right in. And yeah, do, might as well. Do it. do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Free stuff is awesome, but free stuff to spice up your bedroom is even better.
1: Select almost any one item for 50% off, and then Adam and Eve loads on the free stuff. Enter offer code HORIO at checkout and get 10 tantalizing free gifts a sexy item for him, a special gift for her, and a third item you'll both enjoy. And
2: six free spicy movies. Ooh, plus free shipping. That's HORIO, W H O R E O, HORIO at adamandeve.com. Ooh. That's a good, um, what? <laughs> I was just well, I was just thinking, it's a good, it, like, if you didn't get everything you wanted for Christmas, that's a thing you could buy yourself. Exactly. You do you, boo. Yeah. Get yourself a gift.
0: Why not? You know?
1: Treat, mm. treat yourself. Treat yourself. Oh, well, we got a fun little something in the a internet little, world. A little gift. Yeah, it was a little gift. A mm-hmm. little present for us ho- hoes mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that we wanted to share with you. It's the opposite of troll time. It's... Positive time. Po- Popo po- time. What po- is it? Po- no, 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 what happy, I don't know. happy hour. Happy po- oh, happy, happy hour. hour. We love happy, <laughs> okay, okay, great. <laughs> we got
2: there. We got there. Um, what, what do we got, Katie? Well, we've got a really lovely review that really, we, we all of our reviews have been really wonderful and we're so excited. And it was just nice to get this one. We really, this one hit our hearts in a positive way. Mm-hmm. Do you want to read it for us, Marie? Absolutely.
1: So if you haven't, please rate, review us, subscribe to our podcast. If you're listening to our podcast right now, you probably have, hopefully. Uh, but if you haven't written a review please do so uh, like this lovely person uh, Noodle Nose <laughs> oh, Noodle Nose is such a Noodle Nose 8 <laughs> left us oh. an awesome comment that we got a couple weeks ago that we wanted to share please stay true to your mission providing intelligent, passionate and wise counsel to women and men everywhere well at least to men with the hearts and minds willing to think and evolve most of all Thank you for making me laugh with every song and podcast. That's nice. Noodle Nose gets it. Noodle Nose totally <laughs> Noodle knows eight gets, it. gets it. I don't know about Noodle Nose 7, but Noodle Nose <laughs> 8 is on it. Yeah, that's such a nice, you know, the, those types of reviews keep us going and just get us excited for more episodes and,
2: and make us feel like we, because, you know, if <laughs> like we're, we're doing what we set out to do. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Because if by the way, if we're off
1: track, let us know. Yeah, know. and it's really nice. Everyone's given us a five star review except one person gave us one star, and uh, we hunted know, them down. We hunted them down gave over them the holidays. <laughs> <laughs> Katie liked it. I did not. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, it was great. Anyway, uh, thank you, Noodle Nose Eight, for doing that, and please write. Reviews for us, folks, if you haven't already. Yeah. Well, so noodle knows. <laughs>
2: we're just like saying like a regular person. Noodle, noodle knows. Noodle Nose yeah. Did hit on a good point, which is <laughs> that trying to be serious. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. sorry. Very yes. Continue. Moment. I'm just getting Con- really continue. Um, noodle knows. <laughs> realized, made a good point in that uh, we're trying to empower women, but also men. Mm-hmm. And so today, that's a perfect uh, segue into our topic today. Um, which is about men's health, but specifically what kind Men's mental health. Mm-hmm. But specifically what kind of brought this up. It's a movement that's coming out of New Zealand called She Is Not Your Rehab. And it was started by this gentleman, Matt Brown, who um, started a barbershop. And it became in a a shack place. in his backyard. In a shack in his backyard. So and cool. And his hair actually is really cool. He's really good at hair. You wouldn't guess it from the shack. But... Um, <laughs> But he's really good at hair and and it brings men together and gives them a place to um, talk and have about their feelings and all the stuff that's gone on and to relate to each other and to feel not so alone. So his story, he's got a, he's, you know, there's all these writings about him if you want to look him up. And, look and up his this, TED talk. That's what I was going to say. Oh. He's got this amazing TED talk where he breaks down. Uh, kind of where he comes from and why he started all of this. Yeah. So he was uh,
1: physically abused at a younger age by his father. And what really hit was when he was talking about Christmas and how Christmas can be really hard for a lot of families. And for his Christmas, he remembers when he was a child, his father hitting his mother with the Christmas tree and just the amount of a physical abuse that his father would do to his mother. And then having so much rage inside him and not really knowing what to do with that type of emotion growing up. And a lot of men, you know, have experienced past trauma like that also. And because of society, we don't give them space to feel and process these really awful, awful experiences and then how to process especially these emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, so he, he started this, this organization um, through his barbershop and I guess he does it with his wife also who is who he says really you know he wasn't able to be a full human being until he met his wife who allowed him to talk about this past trauma yeah um, and that I just thought it was so interesting that in this small barbershop these young men would come to him you know in the chair talk openly about some of their own experiences. I personally you know I I, before this you know watching that TED talk (laughs) I've passed barbershops all the time in New York City and shame on me but I look in and I'm like those boys are you know locker room talk or like "What, what are those guys talking about of course like I would assume that it might be something derogatory towards women that's bad that's bad on me but then to hear that actually this man is Matt Brown is giving a space to allow men to to really open up and be vulnerable.
2: Yeah. And I think that barbershops for some people have been places, I mean, I wouldn't know cuz I don't get my hair cut a barbershop, but from what I understand, yeah. that um barbershops are places that people can come together and they can it can be a community kind of place. Yeah. And I'm sure he even says it in the TED talk. It's like it's not that they don't talk about locker right. room stuff and it's like <laughs> not, it's not just all serious therapy talk all the <laughs> time but it does give people a chance to open up and um, share experiences yeah. too so that people don't feel so alone so and, and sometimes it comes out in a joking manner you know but mm-hmm. but it's not it's a safe space for people to open up so it's not like you get ribbed or shut down if you were try to express right. a feeling which I think a lot of men tend to experience in their communities and groups where like If a man shows any emotion, everyone's like, no, you, you know, ha, you're gay or you're a woman or you're being womanly or whatever. Mm.
1: Well, in the TED Talk that really struck me was when he had that story of one of his clients coming in to get a haircut and the young man started crying and while he was getting his cut and saying that it was supposed to be his last haircut because he was wanting to commit suicide and that just opening up to Matt and
2: talking about... Some really heavy things saved his life, yeah, yeah. So, what's cool about this whole um, she is not your rehab thing? So, at this point, we've been hearing all this going like, oh, cool, it's like a place for men to open up and communicate. So, why would it be called she is not your rehab? Mm-hmm. Well, it's called she's not your rehab because one of the issues that comes up around um, men that aren't able to express their emotions and deal with their traumas is that they Internalize those things, push them down, turns into anger, like Marie was saying, and then they take a lot of that out on their domestic partners and their children, mm-hmm. and that's a, a big reason why we have this like cycle of domestic violence. Children are abused, they grow up, they aren't able to express their abuse and deal with their trauma, and then they abuse people in their life, their children, mm-hmm. and it just it's goes just on and cycle, on and on. Cycle, yeah. cycle, yeah. Um. So I, and I, I really appreciate the fact that what he's saying is you need and I think this goes for everybody so I mean definitely this is about like men and and men that feel like they don't have a space but I think that this goes for every basically human being on the planet mm-hmm. that we all kind of have different levels of trauma in our mm-hmm. childhoods and stuff and we all walk around with that trauma and when we don't deal with it it, it manifests it, into something and something completely. weird and it yeah. usually affects the other people around you so and this is a st- phrase I'd heard before, before but it was like nice to hear it from him too this idea that When you're traumatized as a kid, Mm. that's not your fault. You did not do anything to deserve that trauma, no matter how little or big that trauma was. It has nothing to do with who you are as a person, even though that's how you take it in like that. Mm. But it is 100% your responsibility to deal with it Mm. later in your life, to get to work through it, to look inside yourself, to work through those things, because it does affect the people around you, no matter how big or small that trauma was. And it's especially noticeable when that trauma was so big and so huge and and it turns, it was a domestic violence situation. Like if you were mm. beaten by your father mm-hmm. as a kid, your likelihood of you beating your children is much higher, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So unless you can stop and take responsibility for your own mental health. Mm. And that's where the problem has been with that men are not like allowed to. And and people have not generally been allowed to, but we're starting to move into this, these spaces where, People are taking that more seriously and and certainly women, I think, um, have had a little bit more leeway to talk about their feelings and process it with their girlfriends and it seems like it's more allowed for women to talk about these things. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, we're
1: supposed to open up to our girlfriends and tell them our deepest, darkest secrets. It's almost encouraged as a woman. Yeah. But with men, it's like, no, no, you have to show, you have to be this one type of person. Yeah. You have to be strong and absolutely not vulnerable but when you've had these past experiences that you're not able to process in a healthy way right then i mean not of course the cycle but of course but 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 it is of course yeah yeah,
2: but the cycle then continues right and um Mm -hmm. the other thing that made me think about was sort of how so two things one is that as a woman, if you're like a really you know staunch feminist and you're saying like, who cares what a man feels? and like, ah, they've mm. felt enough or whatever. I know there's <laughs> maybe somebody that, it, I'll tell you why it affects you. It affects you as a woman because the these men that are damaged are injuring women and children, right? Mm-hmm. That's who we're just saying that. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's a, it is a feminist issue. It is a woman's issue to make sure that men are healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, as, and, and it is a man's issue to make sure men are healthy. But what occurred to me as I was kind of watching all this stuff is, you know, we're in this stage right now in our social political thing where we're some of us more liberal folks are <laughs> really worried about these steps that feel like we're taking or people are trying to push us backwards and we we're talking about incels and things like that but these men that want to push women back into the kitchen mm. and push women back into their roles or their feminine roles mm-hmm. and that women should be you know um dainty and women shouldn't be so loud and brash right just know not- your
1: role like yeah. let's
2: do go back to the 50s <laughs> yeah and you Jesus. should be feminine and if you're not right. feminine then you're not a woman and right. if you're not a woman then you're not worthy and a woman should be lesser than a man because she's weaker right so all of those tropes we're like what the
0: fuck <laughs> like this is fucking
2: crazy and right we're, we're s- over that it's 2020 y'all come yeah, on it's like yeah. terrifying right. to like to feel us. like you're getting <laughs> pushed back into those places like those tropes Mm -hmm. but it occurred to me as i was listening to all these things that so the opposite of the weak right is strong masculine man the Mm -hmm. opposite of like a woman in the kitchen is a man out in the fields with his gun or whatever (laughs) it is you know like what are the what are these opposite right you know so if a woman is supposed to be soft and feminine and quiet and submissive, (laughs) then a man is supposed to be strong and controlling and never cry. Right. And always be a man. And always be, you know, um, boys will be boys and men don't cry and a man up. And all all that terminology and all those ideas of what quote unquote masculinity is. Mm Mm-hmm is perpetuating this cycle of violence because it, it prohibits guys from being able to talk about these things because that's a girly thing to do mm. so it it's like it just it hit me really hard that and i kept thinking about mike pence specifically <gasps> I love that. okay yeah yeah because i was thinking, about yep. how, I was thinking yep. about how mike pence is like it's all really, up in that pence boy oh my god <laughs> but he's really pushing for this like back in the we're gonna right. push women back into the old days but when you push women back into the old days that means you're pushing men back into the old mm. days and back in the old days means men unable to express themselves. Mhm.
1: You know? Well, right now in 2020, uh, actually, male suicide is rising at an alarming rate. And they're even calling it maybe like a a silent epidemic, which is absolutely terrifying. Some other statistics let's see, 9% of men experience depression on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. That's 6 million men uh, in the world. More than 3 million men struggle with anxiety daily. And then of 3.5 million diagnosed as schizophrenic by the age of 30, more than 90% are men.
2: Yeah, I saw That's that. That's 90% actually. of people diagnosed with schizophrenia are men.
1: And, oh, and then an estimated 10 million men in the U.S. will suffer from an eating disorder in their lifetime. That's another whole other thing. I mean, we, we assume that eating disorders are just target women, but men it's again that like the it's this unattainable image of a man this like you know real strong six-pack abs yeah. hello i love it but really seriously it's so hard to get Please. well i mean but for real it's so the hard. the last to get. time i had a six-pack man <laughs> was uh clay anderson when no. i was 15 years <laughs> oh, old god it was just like
2: and that wasn't a i suspect. didn't know what to do with <laughs> he it he just back didn't then. have any like body I know, I didn't fat on him because yeah. he was 16 that was just him um yeah no i think that like i and i and we've been sort of seeing that as a trend anyway that like women have been having to deal with their um I- images for a really long time because it's been put on women to like be perfect looking, be right. perfect looking, and um, it's I think a little bit of a newer thing for men. Mm-hmm. Um, although I don't think it's not, it's not like it never existed. I think that that's part of what this whole episode is about is that there was one quote from like um Schwarzenegger, Arnold Schwarzenegger, oh my, my hero, you. and he was saying that even Your hero. <laughs> my hero, Arnold Schwarzenegger, um, I'd be a buck. Um, that he was like would look at himself in the mirror during his bodybuilding days and just want to puke because he just thought he was so disgusting. And you're yeah, like... Body dysmorphia is a real yeah, thing for men Yeah, and that was too. in like the 60s or 70s, 70s. Right. '80s, 70s. I mean, so <laughs> that's... um, So it, it's I, I think that I don't mean to dismiss it as a new thing, a new phenomena because mm-hmm. it probably has been around longer than we realized but then um, nobody talked about it because right. that wasn't a thing men were supposed to... They were just supposed to deal with it and like whatever they were having. Um, a couple weeks ago... And this was like, every, I mean, this is kind of late now, but I, I I, still was thinking about it, that um, Kamale Nanjiani. Yes. He posted a picture on Instagram because he's going to be in some Marvel movie and he's so ripped. I mean, he looks so amazing. <laughs> I mean, that com- just some comedian, some regular guy comedian that like looks insanely ripped now. We did
1: a show with him in LA yeah, years did. ago
2: and he did not look like that. No, I mean, he's always cute, but he, he looks like amazing now. Um, But he wrote a great Instagram post. Yes right yeah he was talking about how
1: that he worked with the top studio that then paid for him to have the top trainers the top nutritionists and he did and it took a year to look like that I thought it was unbelievable that he was just so transparent uh, with what it took to look like that. And last uh, last night when I was on the subway, I overheard a couple talking about it, too. And mm-hmm. they were saying, you know, how they'd seen it um, a couple weeks ago. And just how honest he was about the truth but how to actually get that body and how most people think that, you know, these people it just happens and it's no big thing you know or like there's something wrong with you if you like you don't have enough um willpower to right. like actually attain that but yeah but it takes so much uh, money <laughs> yeah it takes money to get to, yeah. get to look like that and, and time. then he thanked his his wife which yeah, i thought which was really nice. cool That's really nice. and she had also posted i think a picture of him playing video games it was like don't let <laughs> yeah don't forget <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah and then did you see moshe kasher Posted amazing. a picture of him like in the hot tub like years ago with like a little belly. <laughs> oh, amazing. I love it.
2: I mean it's great. And I think that he gets it. Like Yeah. That you know. Totally. It's all good fun. Um, but I think that it's nice that he gets it, right? And that he's mm-hmm. letting other people know what it's all about. Yeah. Because I think that's and think and for a woman or a man, the idea that like people try to make it seem like it's really it's like, oh you just have to work out and eat healthy you know what I mean that's that's so damaging because and I've gone through this myself where you're like why am I not I'm trying so hard and I've been doing it for four weeks like Mm -hmm. why don't I look perfect and it's like because that's not it doesn't take four weeks it takes 12 months right (laughs) you know and it takes six trainers and it takes you eating like porridge all day every day well I'll never forget
1: um you know my place of work we work with a lot of celebrities and this one celebrity I can't name the name but this woman um she Made us run out and get her juice, like just a ton of, you know, fancy juice from juice press or whatever. And she did not have a single piece of solid food all day long. And they were saying that she's prepping for the Oscars and that she's just juicing. That's all she does is drink juice.
2: And she had to do
1: it to make sure she barely drink a juice like for breakfast <laughs> like i mean i, I drink a some juice sort
2: of- with my lunch yeah. <laughs> it's like, <that's> how <laughs> i do that's how i juice yeah with a uh, burger a <laughs> juice with my burger i juice with, with my dr- dr- salad a juice with my
1: yeah. spaghetti um but that's why it's so amazing that he was just so honest about really what it took to to get that body yeah. because that's just gonna make younger men understand that 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 it it's, it's, hard. A, it's attainable if you have if you, all these oh, other resources
2: totally and, and if that's how you want to spend your time and stuff too then fine but like <laughs> but that's maybe maybe there's other ways to to live your life so that you're not miserable and you know if it, i don't know i've if you i don't know if you want to pay lot, me millions fine, of yeah. dollars to get that fit sure i'll yeah. do it oh my okay. god oh I'll yeah. do it. sure <laughs> no problem but so wait i don't know if you <laughs> caught this in um, this is the one that blew me away in terms of men not dealing with their mental health. It mentioned in, in the article that we had both read, it mentioned um, how it's becoming more public that um, men are also dealing with postpartum depression. Oh, I didn't catch that. Isn't that I, I caught my eye and I was like, I have to look into this more. So I looked into it more. And was like how can they because when we think about postpartum depression I think frequently we relate it to uh, women's hormonal changes Mm -hmm. and I'm sure that that is Mm -hmm. part of what postpartum is Um, and I'm sure a big part for women for that so that they get depressed after you have your baby and maybe because your like hormones are all crazy we're not doctors (laughs) we're not not doctors (laughs) Um, if you haven't caught on (laughs) yet. Uh, it's not called doctor women um (laughs) I don't know. Is that a good name for for doctor? Or doctor women? Doctor <laughs> women. Here we are. Um. <laughs> anyway, but I back to back to me. So that uh, they were saying that men experience a lot of postpartum anxiety and postpartum depression, mm. uh, and that women experience a similar kind, but we don't think about it as much. Yeah. And what it manifests as, and I was like, oh my god, of course, is this. It can be like a fear of like breaking the baby. So you're either like really, really, really like hovery about the baby Mm -hmm. and always like worried about Mm -hmm. who's touching it and what's coming next. Um, It can also manifest in unwanted thoughts because all of a sudden you have this like tiny little very, very fragile thing. And there are some people that will just start having these unwanted thoughts of like stabbing their baby. It also said in that article, by the way, that like almost 100% of parents have an unwanted thought like that at some point and nobody talks about it because they're like, oh, it's so horrible. I can't say it out loud. But they're saying it's very normal to mm-hmm. have a passing thought of like stabbing your baby or doing or dropping your baby or doing something like mm-hmm. damaging to it. And they said it's kind of a natural thing only because it's just so jarring that the thing is so small and, and fragile. And that and um, you're responsible and for And you're this responsible thing. for it. Yeah. And you're like and you just you start having these crazy thoughts about it. Um and that that's normal, but then um, w- for when it becomes a problem, it ch- tends to be associated with an OCD so that you can't stop thinking about it. And it's not that, it, they said that, it, don't get that mixed, mistaken or confused with someone who's like going through some psychosis and will murder their baby or could potentially murder their baby. They're saying a lot of these unwanted thought people would never ever 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 murder or Mm -hmm. or even molest Mm -hmm. or anything creepy like that um they think about it and then it drives them insane that they can't stop thinking about it and Mm -hmm. it makes them depressed and anxious Mm -hmm. um but they again it doesn't mean that they those people are like have a very 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 like like a zero percent chance of acting on those things but they don't feel that way you know they Mm -hmm. are worried that something might happen so then they're living with this like extreme stress around this new baby and they don't talk about it and then they're just like and it manifests like i said either can manifest in a, is avoiding the baby mm. and not wanting to be near it because it stresses them out mm-hmm. or it can be that they like smother the baby not smother but like are just very very <laughs> like, that's a whole thing that like, but just like yeah. are very 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 hands-on and don't let other people around the baby mm-hmm. and one thing that they were saying is problematic about that is that um a lot of times people will see a dad who's like, I've got the baby, I've got the baby. And they'll think like, oh, what a great dad he is. He's such a great, wonderful oh, dad. When in, in the meantime, inside. he's suffering like a lot and he's really struggling with how to parent. Um... In addition to that, there's also a whole other, I don't know if you saw Mike Birbiglia's uh, special yet, but um, he talks about being like a dad, a new dad. Mm-hmm. And he talks, he hits on this as a concept. There's another thing that happens where like mothers will bond with their babies so naturally ah, because then it's the like, fathers. and a lot of times fathers don't know where they fit in to this Yeah trio now and sometimes it's like that's kind of a natural feeling and people can kind of work through it and sometimes people really go into like a depression about it so those are all kind of ways that postpartum can manifest in men and we do not we've talk about that heard about i've this. never heard of this yeah never heard about this it's
1: because we are led to believe that men need to be men and, and not that men feel. don't have.
2: Right, that men don't have any feelings and that we're, right. they're, and that they're supposed to not have feelings. And if they have a feeling, then they're either effeminate or gay or whatever label people put on Well, of them course, effeminate. I'm sure
1: if a man stepped forward and said he had postpartum, I think a well, do lot think of women people, would be like, what are you of,
2: fucking talking, yeah, are about? You talking about? Shut up, sit down. You know, even women yeah. would get mad about that. Right. And then you can't be heard at all. That was another thing that um, Matt mm. Brown from She Is Not Your Rehab is um, saying, too, is that you... Um, you put on a mask when that's when people just don't allow you to be seen and heard Mm -hmm. for who you actually are and you don't feel safe to be seen and heard even so you don't feel safe in front of your abusive parent. Right. But then you don't feel safe in front of your guy friends Mm -hmm. because they don't let you express yourself. Mm -hmm. So then you walk around your life with this fake mask being like, "Mm, I'm hard. I'm hard. I don't, you know, I don't feel anything, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And that's just so unhealthy. Um, And that was the thing about with his wife, where his wife kind of came into the scene and he said, I finally felt seen by her. Mm. And she sort of showed me how to like fix myself. But I think that that's also part of this whole movement, which is that's not her job. Mm. It's not your girlfriend's job to fix you. To be your rehab. Yeah. It's not your wife's job. And he is, I think, aware of that. That's Mm -hmm. why that's called what it is. And he Mm -hmm. was lucky that he was willing to look, do the work for on himself Mm -hmm. and that she was pointing him in that direction. But I think that that's also what moves me about this topic in terms of like from a woman's perspective is that on varying levels, I think many, 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 many women, and I am a hundred percent one of these women deal with men in their lives who take a lot of their shit out on the women and then maybe look to the women to kind of mother them or fix them mm-hmm. and the women take on that role and mm-hmm. want to and fall into it and want to fix them and want to help them and it becomes at best it's like a codependent relationship mm-hmm. and at worst it's an abusive relationship right and i think that we certainly women it's it's very very okay for women to start saying having boundaries and being like i can't fix you mm-hmm. so i'm not going to try and like you need to fix yourself
1: it takes a very brave woman to step forward and actually do that. And I know that I, yeah. in my 20s I wasn't strong enough or, or didn't understand how to even say that to a man. And not that I was ever thankfully was never in a physically abusive relationship, but I definitely was in a a, a verbally abusive one mm-hmm. with a guy kind of just, you know, pulling me down and saying some of these yeah. really awful things. It, and I was young I was you know 23 24 years old and just didn't know what he was doing I mean he probably right. experienced some sort of trauma younger and yeah. then was trying and he felt awful about himself therefore right. he wanted to make everybody around him feel awful yeah and let me tell you I certainly did and yeah. I believed him um but it took it took Good friends to kind of pull me out of that relationship, and and for me being single and then learning to love myself again, uh, and then now now in my thirties I'm
2: great. But yeah, you know I wasn't strong enough. No, no, of course. And I guess I didn't mean to make it sound like just do it. It's easy. No, no. Oh, totally. But, so that's great. I think that one thing that would help is if we teach our ch- young female children this. Yes. This don't yeah, like that to not it, don't even enter into a relationship. Don't take on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just know that that's not. That's not on you. And then for the boys, of course, mm-hmm. even more importantly, we need to make sure that our boys have um, a space to express their feelings, and we do not shut them down. Mm-hmm. And we and we let them. And then if you are a grown man and you've had, and a grown woman and you've faced trauma and abuse as a kid in any form, in mm-hmm. any form, um, that you get you start to really work on it. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go right back to it because I gotta (laughs) say it again it's not your fault if you've been abused and gone through trauma but it is your responsibility it is your responsibility and if you don't take care of it you hurt every single person around you Mm -hmm. and yourself of Mm -hmm. course Mm -hmm. Mm. and I think that that and I think that that goes for all levels I think that even on small you know those people that are kind of annoying on the subway or whatever just like anybody the person at work that you're like (laughs) I hate that woman she probably has shit that she needs to deal with Right. And that's why she's so unlikable. Mm. You know what I mean? If you're the person that's unlikable, deal with your shit. <laughs> that's you. Then it's you that I'm talking about. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, and it's, right. been, it's, it's been me. I'm I'm in therapy. Like, I'm doing it. I'm doing all the things. If I was the king of the world, everyone would be in therapy. It would be a requirement. <laughs> I know. Maybe 2020 I'll start. I'll go to therapy. I think it's it's good for any. I think it really is helpful for anybody because nobody really gets through childhood unscathed. Mm-hmm. Nobody does. Right.
1: Nobody. Yeah
2: and if usually, not
1: childhood than like middle school or whatever i don't know yeah i call my my mom uh, ha, she'd probably hate me saying this but she's my therapist i call her every other day and talk to her but then you know now that we're getting older she has her own shit to deal with sure and it's like yeah she doesn't want me to call and complain nobody's listening to our podcast or like, right you know You're it's right. like those sort of yeah. things just seem so
2: small but you know she's but things. she's that's a good um uh, uh the the way that you use her like not user. That use, <laughs> use her <laughs> I just mean that your mother has done a good job to give you space where you feel like you can do that right you and know what I mean and people, not everybody right. a lot of people do not feel right. like they have that so it's um. if you do
1: not feel like you have that well also know. to have an outside perspective that's what I keep hearing about you know that I might take away from finding a therapist is that somebody who doesn't know my family and just you know is is hearing my side of the story and that's well, it it's, and it's
2: also hard to talk about your mother to your mother yeah, <laughs> because you can't yeah. know. and it's not that your mother's wonderful but everybody's got their things that they want to oh, just like vent about you know of course of course
1: so. well this reminds me um of my time when i taught for opening act it's a nonprofit here in new york um and the organization still exists today i really highly recommend people looking it up maybe donating some money towards it but uh basically what the organization does is that they go into new york public schools and they have these high school students join them for um playmaking and uh you know theater games and stuff but they're taking their own personal experiences and creating a full-length play from them and then they perform it off broadway so i was a teaching artist for them for five years and it was just so incredible to see the transformation of, you know, we were teaching in the Bronx and like really far deep in Brooklyn, and a lot of these men and women would just show up with so many masks on, mm-hmm. and 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 especially the young men, and mm-hmm. I mean, bless their hearts. It's like in the Bronx, you know, there's gang hazing and I mean, this sort of stuff that they were just going through was unbelievable and hard to relate to because I just had no you hadn't ex- had those experiences, no, not yet. at all. But the first day that they would show up, so manly, so, you know, no emotions. And then by the end of the semester, these real human beings who were able to show true emotion. And it was because I, you know, I think. You know, as a teaching artist, there was uh, we always worked in, in groups of threes. Um, it was women and men, and we were able to like get, be their role models and like really show them that it was okay to share, a show emotion. Yeah, and I really truly think that with theater, um, and and writing and and just being able to express yourself you can work through trauma and it's not that we were trained as therapists or anything going in you know i'm an actor i'm a i'm a writer a musician and but we were able to go in and take their stories their really awful terrible stories and give them a voice yeah. and and make them feel important and that was the thing that M- matt brown said is that by going into a barbershop and getting your hair done you it makes you feel seen yeah And
2: I just thought that that, you know, it builds confidence and And, it makes you love yourself. And to be in a community of other people where people are willing to listen to your Mm -hmm. story in the Mm barbershop or in opening um, act or mm -hmm. wherever that community is, that that's just really important. And the truth is, you know, I'm always like therapy, therapy, therapy. Sometimes people feel like they either can't afford therapy or sometimes you live in a town where therapy is just like there's not enough therapists, honestly. And people where maybe therapy is actually available to them, Mm -hmm. but they don't feel like it's available to them because of the stigma around it. So they feel like they can't go because their friends would make fun of them or their Mm -hmm. parents would make fun of them or things like that. So there's a lot of boundaries that people have a hard time hurdling over. and I'm so guilty
1: of that. I feel like my biggest hurdle that I need to get over of going to a therapist is that I don't want to hurt my parents' feelings. Like I feel like if they found out i was going to therapy they would be oh what's wrong what's wrong everything's great everything's great it's like no you know there's some things that need to be talked about right and that they can't help with
2: right and that's one that's my main message i want to send everybody is that um it's important to just do it for you you know Mm. but if you Mm -hmm. if and but you know especially with these people that are like that guy that was going to kill himself in matt brown's place he probably wasn't in a place where he felt like he could just walk into therapy and like oh maybe i'll just go oh, to therapy yeah. so the fact that there are what what matt brown is doing with those barbershops is really important because it's it's certainly a stepping stone maybe toward therapy or if those people never even make it into an actual therapist office it's at least giving the space around the people to start mm-hmm. doing the work mm-hmm. you know and so i think that i i just wanted to acknowledge that. Um, I understand that not everybody's going to just, like, jump right into therapy for various reasons. Yeah, it's kind of scary. <laughs> yeah, but... It's scary, and it can be expensive to some If you don't have the resources, sometimes it's not covered. Although I do think that, like, Medicaid covers certain at least in New York I know that it covers some therapists Mm -hmm. and there's there's definitely more options than you think there are I think also out there for everybody um but also if you live in a town that's really small and everybody talks or something and you don't feel comfortable that makes it harder you know but that's why it's good to have a community of people just being supportive of each other period the other thing that I thought was really really important that he mentioned I just want to make sure that we got this out there because this also was like right 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 when we're talking about like abuse and like physical abuse and these people in the Bronx and in these communities in New Zealand that were, um, you know, people of color and all this stuff. I think people, uh, white people tend mm-hmm. to be like, that's that problem. That's a problem for those that people, community. that community, blah, blah, mm. blah, blah, blah. He made it really clear. And I think this is very, very true. This affects every single type of person. It doesn't matter how much money you make. It doesn't matter the color of your skin. It doesn't matter, you know, and mental health affects men. It affects women. It affects children. It affects old people. It affects every single person mm-hmm. out there. And so um, if you're hearing this and you feel like, well, it's not really talking about me, but I am struggling. Like this this also applies to all this applies to. Mm-hmm.
1: And and, fe- and be empowered to to do something about it. Yeah, to help yourself.
2: And any step is a good step. Any step toward help is a good step. Right. Journal yeah. about it. I, I mean, even know. journaling. No, you know. I mean, I honestly. Mean, that could be a first step. Yeah, for do. sure. If if you really are closed off, that's a great first step. And looking into your And it hurts. Some of it's hard. It's not always easy work. But it is so worth it when you do it. Because you'll see your relationships open up. You'll see your connections to other humans mm-hmm. be stronger. Mm-hmm. You'll be, b- b- people will want to hang out with you more. I mean, there's, <laughs> all sorts of things change right. when you, um, Especially if you have a family and and you haven't been treating your family well, then mm-hmm. that can totally morph, you know, your family for the better if you start helping yourself.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I'm excited. Matt Brown and his wife have a podcast coming out oh, about yeah. relationships. I tried to find it, but I, I don't know if it's out yet. It started in December. Um, so I think that they've started recording episodes, so it'll be debuting soon.
2: Yeah, I definitely. But it's a that. relationship
1: podcast. That's really too. Cool. So I think that'll be really neat to hear. So even, I mean, that could be a first step for some people who are sure. experienced oh some my God. sort of trauma. Listen to this, you
2: know, that's a great Keep idea. Keep listening to our podcast. Yeah. yeah. But, <laughs> but, um, yeah. and then also just side note, I just noticed that they have these really cool shirts called She Is Not Your rehab Mm -hmm. and um if you buy their shirts on their website the money goes into like the program but there's it's such a cool the shirts look really cool and it's like become such a big uh, Mm -hmm. catchphrase across the world they've been selling these sort of like fake shirts on amazon and that money just does not go to, to them so just be careful if you do buy a shirt Uh, That you buy it from their website. Yeah. I I think it's sheisnotyourrehab.com.
1: Yeah. So you can go there and follow them on Instagram too. Uh, They have some really inspirational things that they post daily. Yeah. Uh, It's a great organization. And, And they've been traveling around. They go to different high schools and they talk to young people about this organization and how to help yourself. So yeah. I watched the TED Talk. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad that you you brought this to me. I, yeah. I hadn't heard of it. I, um, it really
2: it s- it struck a chord with me. So I'm glad we talked about it. I don't today. think
1: I'll ever walk by a barbershop thinking the same. Yeah. I
2: uh, uh, hope you so. Know, yeah. Forward. I hope so. Well, good things are happening in all those barbershops. <laughs> I don't know what goes on there. Make what our know? men
1: look hot. Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah, love it. Well, you can also follow us on Instagram at uh, Difficult Women Pod. Please follow us. You can also follow us at Reformed Horrors mm-hmm. on Instagram. I personally am Marie Merica. and I'm Katie Frame with a Y, K T Y. I'm sorry, not Katie Frame E. <laughs> that would be with the Y. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, I guess that's it. Yeah. If you want to send us an email, of this about anything, I don't care. Recipe? You can send us whatever you want. <laughs> You can send it oh, at yeah. difficultwomenpodcast at gmail.com. dot It's that right? wonderful. Mm-hmm. Thank you
1: all so much again. We're gonna be at the Charleston Comedy Festival, January seventeenth and eighteenth. Very soon, you guys. So come on out if you are in that town or fly in. Hell no, if you fly in, we'll give we'll save you a seat. <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> right. that, that's a deal. That's, yeah, all right why not? Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Right. Bye till next time. Katie is waving. I'm wa- I am waving. She's, She's waving. Goodbye. Goodbye. goodbye, goodbye. goodbye. <laughs>
0: I'm Harry Mary, like to let my shag like fly. Feel a deep connection to the caveman and his bushy thighs. But it seems my pubic afro simply out of style. So I thought it's time to take the mustache off my sideways smile. Time to take your boon in for some downstairs grooming. Didn't want nothing too crazy. Your cleanups so all I intended, so I found myself a wax. Highly recommended to my surprise my new friend didn't speak a word of English, but I think in Russian she said hey make cooler look distinguished. <laughs> she trusted Magda to be smart with the precious lady parts But of the She'd like to file a complaint about her newly hairless taint. She laid another strip of wax down and I knew I lost control. For the next thing I knew this lady had ripped me a new asshole. She waxed me bare left nothing where there'd been hair moments ago. I waddled out that fancy spy of. And now you're looking prepubescent <laughs> A few days have come and gone since so then I'm still not quite the same Like my farts are don't know, But I don't need myself to blame Ladies and your gents out there Remember I'll watch your back Next time you decide that you want to get your butt you prefer your
1: lover bear then you yourself should be prepared to get into that spa chair where they'll
0: rip out all your pubic hair